Would you bow in prayer with me? Lord, today we are rejoicing in the power of your word to jump off the page of the Bible and into our lives and make a difference. You do that through song, you do it through the entire worship service. Now we ask you to do it through these moments of studying your word together. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I'm always amazed at the uh, thought that must go into commercials because of the way we remember them. There's one very mundane one that came to mind when I was thinking on our subject today. It's, if you remember it, it's a, this very grandfatherly figure, and he is commenting on something as simple as oatmeal. And he, he just says, eating this product is a good thing to do. Now, that's not very profound, uh, but it has sold a lot of Quaker Oats oatmeal, and it made me remember it as I apply it to our subject today. Namely, as we are preparing for Thanksgiving, what better thing to say about gratitude than it's a very good thing to do? It's a wonderful attitude through which to live our lives. It's one of the perhaps most underrated of Christian virtues because it is a cardinal virtue neglected by most of us most of the time. When you think about it, it's gratitude that's a key to finding joy and contentment and Christ-likeness. Gratitude is a cure for complaining and greed, discontentment, restlessness that maybe you brought to church with you today. And it's a motivation for holiness, that strange word which simply means we love God so much we want to obey Him, and it's gratitude that makes us want to obey Him. Gratitude is what motivates us to share because it replaces this widespread barrier, what's mine is mine and I'll keep it, with the Christ-like attitude that I have nothing God didn't give me. Everything I've achieved, everything I am, everything I have was a gift of God's grace. So it's, it's really not mine to hold on to tightly, it's mine to share. Now the Bible says at least three things about giving thanks that I want you to think about. Not only today, but perhaps between now and Thanksgiving. First, God appreciates it. Secondly, we need it. And thirdly, people never tire of receiving it. First, gratitude is a gift, one of the very few gifts we can really give to God that he enjoys receiving. He loves to open our gifts of gratitude constantly. In our text we read, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Giving thanks is our confession of faith that God is the source of every good thing in our life. Not luck, not good fortune, not personal merit, but God. It's a beautiful confession of faith to a world that neglects God. The psalmist here is literally bursting his buttons with thanksgiving. Why? Because God has just delivered him from a deadly situation. We don't know what it is, but he says, the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. But then I called on the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, save me. Now, some of us have been there. We don't know what was wrong with the psalmist, but we can identify with those words at times in our lives. And you can almost feel his emotion now when he goes on to say, For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. Have you ever thought how interesting it is that it usually takes some kind of jolt to open our eyes to our blessings and to stop our murmuring and complaining. 
A jolt to recognize God's supernatural intervention when we cry out to Him and He responds. And then we're ready to burst into gratitude. Captain Scott O'Grady, the man shot down over Bosnia, made some very significant comments upon an interview. He said, those six days in Bosnia became a religious retreat for me, a total spiritual renewal. I'm not recommending near-death experience for its own sake, but from the instant that my plane blew up around me, I opened my heart to God's love. That day, five miles up, with death at my front door, I found my key to life. It took a mighty big jolt to open my eyes, but it was worth it. And by the end of it, I realized there's only three things that matters in this world. Number one was faith in God, the source of all goodness. Number two was the love of family and friends. And three was good health and the physical foundation for faith and love. And beyond that, he said, everything else is negotiable. That man had a jolt in his life that opened his eyes to priorities, to what's really important, and above all, to the role of God and God's interventions in our everyday life. I want to ask you, why does life sometimes have to blow up before we come to our senses? Before we become aware of and thankful for God's blessings, rather than the murmuring and the crying out that life is unfair. Before we really get our priorities straight about what really matters. I'm convinced most of us really can't understand what it means to thank God until like the psalmist or like the pilot, we're in a situation where we're totally helpless. We have nowhere to turn. In desperation, we turn to God and God responds. And at that point, when God intervenes supernaturally for us, doing what we, for us what we could never do for ourselves, then we're ready with the psalmist to ask, God, how can I repay you for all your goodness to me? At that point, we experience this involuntary eruption inside our souls that I would call gratitude. One of the things I wish for myself and, and really for all of you is that we would live in such a way with the lenses of gratitude that every worship service, when you walk into this sanctuary, you're really on the edge of your pew, ready to praise God and thank Him for blessings. That we, you know, we wouldn't have to be coaxed into worship. We would be so aware of God's intervention in our life that here in the sanctuary, God, this is one way I can repay you for your goodness to me. That sets the mood, the foundation of worship. When do you do that? Well, I hope all the time, but perhaps it's after we find a job when we've been looking for a long time and we're right at the wire of our resources. Or perhaps after a medical crisis when God gives healing that was beyond human potential and you'll never appreciate it till you've been there. Or a financial crisis where solutions come that can only be explained by God. Or a relational crisis that seemed hopelessly broken and chaotic until God entered the situation or you finally, finally found someone to love and your whole life turned around. You see, it's after crises or after a major blessing, that's when we want to praise God saying, God, I was in great need and I cried out to you and you heard my prayer and you responded, how I love you. We need more of that kind of emotion, that passion for God, I believe, in our life and in our church. Yesterday in our Saturday men's Bible study, a member stood to tell us how he had gone in for a routine physical. They found cancer. He faced immediate surgery. And he was there not complaining that this had happened at a, 
what I would consider to be a relatively young age, but he was thanking God for the providence of having discovered it and for the healing he had received from the surgery. And he stood to give God praise and credit. That's gratitude as an attitude rather than complaining and murmuring that terrible things had happened to him. Thanksgiving is the overflow of our hearts to a gracious God. And it's a gift he enjoys receiving. And one I hope all of us are going to flood the gates of heaven with this Thanksgiving. Now, secondly, gratitude is a gift we give to ourselves. Now, that's something we don't think about too often. But I want to suggest that giving thanks is one of the most selfish things you can do. Our text says, be at rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Taking time to recognize and then express gratitude to God for his blessings gives you a gift, the gift of rest, which is the biblical way of saying the gift of joy, the gift of contentment, the deliverance from that mad scramble for more and more and give me and give me, from greed, from selfishness, from having to, to hold on so tight to your resources as if that were your God. Basically, thankful people are happy people. And I believe one of the reasons we don't see too many happy people in our society is you don't really find too many people going around thanking God all the time. You see, it's thankful people who understand God is the source of blessings and achievements and security, so they don't have to hold on quite so tight. Thankful people find God's purpose and blessing in every situation, and they give thanks rather than strike out in rage or self-pity. And you know, thankful people don't have to impress others because they realize everything they possess and achieve, God gave anyway. Why are they, if they boast about anything, they can only boast that God was very good to them. You know, I'm always interested in why people give time and money to the Lord's work. I, I, I think today as we were talking about deacons, what's going to motivate a deacon? What motivates the Seawalds and other people to want to serve in their parish? What would motivate you to want to become a leader? Because suddenly you realize in your life, God's given you so much and you want to give something back. I look at that incredible budget in our church and I'm amazed at the generosity of you people that together we give millions of dollars every year. Why? Because it's a natural reflex of wanting to share when we acknowledge that God gave us everything we have anyway. It just happens. You don't make people do that. The Spirit either opens your eyes or your eyes are shut. We give because we can't help ourselves. Lloyd Ogilvy rightfully comments, money talks. How we give communicates the extent of our gratitude to Jesus. If money talks, what does yours say about you and your faith, asks Lloyd. I think that's a good question. Uh, let me illustrate how giving thanks is a gift you give to yourself. Uh, I identify with this illustration because it's about a car. A couple purchased a new car. The car was vandalized the very second day they owned it with somebody taking a key and scratching it. The husband came home distraught that someone had done this car, this thing to his car while at work. And here was his wife's wise response. Honey, we have a choice at this point. We can choose to complain, feud, and fuss over the fact our new car has been scratched. Or we can be thankful you were not in the car when the vandal struck, that you were not injured, and that the car can be repaired. 
We can choose to count blessings so we don't double the tragedy of having both a vandalized car and being miserable and making others miserable. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could have that kind of rational response to life's hardships? When we're grateful, we give ourselves a gift. We don't double the problem. My problem is if that had been my new car, and this is one reason I don't like new cars, is that I would have been homicidal or seeking homicidal vengeance to the guy who scratched it. I would have caused misery to everyone who had to listen to my verbiage. And I would have raised my blood pressure to the point of short shortening my life. And I probably wouldn't have wanted to hear my wife give me a rational, let's count double blessings. But you know, gratitude is more than a good thing to do. It's an attitude that opens the riches God wants you to have in your life that you'll never have if you don't discover the magic, the mystery, the joy of giving thanks to God. Dr. Lewis Mead says, joy is the experience of gratitude, of being glad for life in the presence of the giver of life. So the second thing to remember about gratitude this year, give the gift to yourself. It's one of the most selfish things you can do. And God enjoys you giving that gift to yourself. And the final truth here is gratitude is a gift we give to others. You know, I discover when I get overwhelmed by God's goodness to me, I almost begin to, I, I can't help myself, but also to begin to feel deep gratitude to others because you can't disconnect one from the other. God's blessings come to me through people, usually. You're the vehicle so often of God's love to me as a congregation. And when we think about it, is there a richer gift to receive from someone for whom we've made a personal sacrifice than to hear the words, I love you, thank you. You've been so good to me, I couldn't have made it without you. Nothing warms my heart than those moments when my children take time to say, thanks, Dad, and then close with the words, I love you. Last week during my daughter's wedding, I felt this overwhelming sense of gratitude to the people who had written so many love chapters in our lives. I could hardly concentrate on the service because I was looking out over the people and I realized one by one they had intervened in our life. They were God's instruments to us. And then I thought of those who literally that day had exhausted themselves to make this beautiful occasion for Leslie and John. And they didn't want any pay, they just did it. And I realized at that point, again, life is a gift. And like the psalmist saying to God, I wanted to say to my friends, and today I say it to you, my congregation, and I mean it from the depth of my heart, how can I ever repay you for your goodness to me? Meta and I feel absolutely blessed here and have for 22 years by a wonderful congregation. And I don't ever think the words thank you are enough, but it's the best we have. Linda Bertish literally gave herself away. One day it was discovered she had a large brain tumor. And in the time left to her, she donated all her body parts to those who needed them. What a marvelous thing to do when you know your time is short. A young man aged 28 went from darkness to sight. That young man was so profoundly grateful that he wrote to the eye bank thanking them for this gift of a donor eye. It was only the second thank you that the eye bank had ever received after giving out in an excess of 30,000 eyes. Two said thank you. So this week, I want you to set a time to give specific gratitude to God. 
And perhaps we need some help, so I turned to America Online and I found these ideas for gratitude from the Better Health and Medical Forum. I found them stimulating. First, make a list of the people for whom you're grateful. Parents, friends, teachers, and then make a phone call or write a note. My mother-in-law is in her night, almost 90, and she taught school for a long time. A few months ago, a lady who is now in her 50s was one of her students in third grade. She hadn't heard from her since she was in third grade, and this lady, for some reason, found mom, wrote her a letter, and said, thank you for the impact you made on my life that's impacted me ever since you were my teacher in third grade. That just warmed my mother-in-law up for days. Somebody took the time to think and then to say in a letter what they were thinking. Thank you. And then it said, count our material blessings. Jobs, houses, apartments, automobiles, computers, supermarkets full of food. And I always like to add warm showers. I, every day I get in that shower in the morning and I'm so thankful because I realize most people in the world have never had a warm shower. And the worst that ever happens to me is when my water heater blows out and it does it regularly, I get in and it's cold. But it does make me appreciate then these things we take for granted that are such blessings. And then open your eyes to the natural blessings around you. My wife and I often walk in the morning and it's such a joy to thank God for a sunrise or the changing colors of fall or the songs of birds or the overall wonderful weather we enjoy and we thank God we don't live in Chicago. And, uh, you know, we are, we are blessed and that's a wonderful way to start the day. And then we can be thankful for physical health. Have you ever thanked God when you're out walking that you can walk when so many can't or you can exercise when so many cannot? I've been troubled with a tennis elbow. And by the way, I'm going to have a wimpy uh, handshake at the door for you. But we take our elbows for granted until something like that happens when you can't hardly brush your teeth or shave. I thank God for physical health. So many things we take for granted. But you know, most of all, and I hope as Christians you understand this, we should be thankful for Jesus, for the church family he gave us so we aren't isolated in the world, for the fact he died for us so that we never have to account to a holy God for our sins, and that we have a life beyond the boundaries of this mortal life. In fact, if we're Christians, we have everything that really matters. Theoretically, Oswald Chambers was just saying this this morning, if we have Jesus, we never should complain about anything. So this week, I like that, thank you, thank you. So this week, I, I invite you to take time to be grateful and to tell God and to tell others that you're grateful because gratitude is a very beautiful attitude. It really works. And in that spirit, I wish you a very good preparation time for Thanksgiving.